Well, hey, everybody. Uh, happy New Year. Yay. I know some of you are like, yay, we're so glad it's a new year. <laughs> Uh, 2021, yay, just to not have to say 2020 anymore. Uh, well, here's what I want to do, because I think we're in a little danger of, uh, of not giving 2020 some credit. That's what I want to talk about. Uh, so what do we do with 2020, you know? Uh, do we just kick it and keep kicking it? Uh, do we run from it? And don't, no, one, no one's allowed anymore to say 2020, don't say it. It's the word you could never speak again. Now, there's a lot of ways I think we can treat 2020. Uh, we can loathe it. And uh, frankly, <clears throat> there's an easy way to loathe it. There's a lot of things to loathe about 2020. We, could, we can loathe it or learn from it. Learn, learn something. There's something to have learned in 2020. And, and I, wanna, I wanna talk to you about that. So if you would, if you would mind, I'm just seriously, just indulge me, would you mind thinking right now what you're willing to do with 2020? Are you willing to learn from it or do you just pretty much say, no, I prefer to just loathe it? While you're processing that and thinking about what am I gonna do, what do I wanna do? I wanna tell you a story. I've got a story here that I wanna walk you through, I'm gonna read you a portion of it. Uh, let me give you context about the story. The story is about a guy named Moses. It's not just about the guy Moses, but He's one of the main characters. Uh, Moses is asked by God to be the instrument, the person, who would go help free slaves. There was a massive group of slaves, and for over 400 years they had been slaves. It's all that they had ever known. It's the stories that they had were about the slaves. It's all they knew, everything, was, and they were oppressed and it was bad. So Moses, I would say reluctantly, <laughs> he reluctantly, uh, says, yes, I'll, I'll go. And so he goes and meets with the leader who we know as Pharaoh. Uh, some of you are like, I've heard this before, and maybe you've read it in the Bible or seen movies about it. But So Moses goes and visits with Pharaoh and tells Pharaoh, hey, Pharaoh, um, so the people, the slaves, God wants them freed. Yeah? And Pharaoh's response is like, no way. Huh? <laughs> I'm not going to let the slaves go. How am I going to build stuff? How am I going to get stuff done? No, 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 no. And Moses leaves a little dejected at first going, wait a minute, God asked me to do that. Pharaoh said no. And he goes to God and in essence has a bit of a talking to with God going, hey, you wanted me to free these people. You told me to free these people. You said I was going to be able to do this. Well, Pharaoh just turned me down. And this is where I want to pick it up. In Exodus chapter 6, Moses, God, they're having this conversation. Here's the conversation. Then the Lord said to Moses, or told Moses, this is Exodus chapter 6. Then the Lord told Moses, now you will see, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. When he, when he feels the force of my strong hand, he will let the people go. In fact, he will force them to leave this land. Ooh, big words, huh? And God said to Moses, Ooh, I am Yahweh, the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob as El Shaddai, God Almighty. He's talking about the names that have been called him. Uh, but, but I did not reveal my name, Yahweh, to them, which was a relationship word going, I'm going to walk with you now. 
and I reaffirmed my covenant with them. Under its terms, I promised to give them the land of Canaan. This is his promised land where they were living as foreigners. You can be sure that I have heard the groans of the people of Israel. He's heard the groans of the people of Israel. I wonder if you ever thought, does God hear me? Does he, does he hear what I'm saying? Even the crying that I'm doing? It, apparently, yes. Who are now slaves to the Egyptians, and I am well aware of my covenant with them. Now, here's a big one. This is, this is like drop the mic stuff. Right here, right here, listen. Therefore, this is verse 6. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression and will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people, and I will be your God. I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt. I will bring you into the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as your very own possession. I am the Lord. I mean, this is God going, you're, dis you're discouraged. You got, you got some issues, you got stuff going on. I'm about to free you. I'm about to do it in a mighty way. Come on, drop the mic, powerful moment. Think about how you would receive that. If for 400 years, your people had been in slavery and you just got a message straight from God, I am coming. I am gonna free you from this. Yeah! That wasn't their response. They... <laughs> They didn't receive it that way at all. Um, Exodus 6, verse 9. So Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord had said. But they refused to listen anymore. Yeah, you just heard the response correctly. God says, I'm going to free you. Moses delivers the message, and their response is they refused to listen anymore. They had become too discouraged. They had become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. Discouragement had brought them to a point that they had put up the walls. They had decided it all was bad. Everyone was against them. God's no longer good. We're done. So my question for you is, when you look at 2020, what has discouragement done to you? I bet you have your own story of discouragement in 2020. I bet you have your own time, season, maybe it's a whole year, a moment, maybe it had to do with COVID, maybe it was a result of what COVID did, maybe it was completely unrelated, but I bet you faced discouragement in 2020. What has it done to you? Has it caused you to block things out, put up walls, say, screw all that, I'm done with that, no more of that? What's it done? Has it softened you? Has it caused you to learn something? What's it done? Are we gonna load this or learn from it? There's examples in history of discouragement doing things to people. Uh, Van, Van Gogh, you're probably familiar with Van Gogh. He's, he's one of them. Um, of, he wrestled, battled discouragement his whole life, frankly. If you don't know about Van Gogh, you, obviously, if you paid attention in class at all, you've heard of Van Gogh. Uh, now a world-renowned artist. Um, but I don't know if you know this, that, that during his lifetime, he hardly sold a single painting, a single work of art. He wasn't a big deal. 
uh, and uh, faced discouragement. But, but you know him as an artist. Did you know that uh, before he was ever an artist, he tried a bunch of other things? I've got a list here. Uh, he tried to get into school. He wanted to be a pastor and tried to get into school to be a pastor and got rejected. They wouldn't let him into school. He tried to be a missionary, saying, okay, okay, so a church doesn't want me. Maybe I'll go to a group of people who don't even know about Jesus and I'll be a missionary to them. He got rejected from that, wasn't able to do that. Finally, he came to the conclusion going, I'm at this ultimate level of discouragement. Uh, what he knew about himself, though, was he was good at art. He was aware of that. He was very creative. And in the midst of his discouragement, here's a quote. In spite of everything, in spite of everything, I shall rise again. I will, I will take up my pencil. That's what an artist does, right? I, I will take up my pencil, which I have forsaken in my great disappointment, my great discouragement. I wonder what you've forsaken in your great discouragement. I will take up my pencil, which I have forsaken in my great discouragement, and I will go on with my drawing. Unfortunately, Van Gogh didn't always take that approach. If you read the history of his life, he eventually stopped picking up the pencil. I would tell you every discouragement has something to learn from. Every discouragement that you and I will ever face has something that we can press into our soul and say, I don't like that it happened. I don't want it to happen again. But there's something to learn. Every discouragement has something to learn. In fact, I would tell you, if you study God's word, you'll find that we are pushed to actually learn from discouragement. Let, let me, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. But thank God he gives us victory over sin. Perhaps that's where your discouragement came from and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord, listen to this, nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. It's never useless. I mean, if you've been a part of our church over the past, let's say, couple months, you've heard me tell you multiple personal stories. And I've talked to you, I've been trying to be open with you, that in 2020, there were often moments where I was like, is that useless? Are we being useless? Am I being useless? Am I wasting something? What's the point of that? If you, you probably look at something and go, I went through that discouragement. I'm in this discouragement. Is what I'm going through useless? Most of us have a tendency to think that if it's bad, it's useless. Most of us think that if it's not what we dreamt of, it's something that we will never use. No, every discouragement has a lesson to learn. And don't be like the Hebrews, the Israelites in the story I read to you. Don't hear about how God wants to use it now and do something with it and tune him out because you are so discouraged, you don't want to hear anymore. Don't make 2021 a time that you just do this. And I think that's what many of us are in danger of. Of treating 2021 as we don't want it to be 2020. Come on, that's what we do. You probably have done it in a relationship where you had a bad one, started a new one, but you treated the new one based on how the other one went. And so many of us treat lives like, I don't want to re-experience what I experienced, so I'm just gonna shut down, block out, not do, no, 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 no. There's simply a better way, a healthier way to look at life and say, 
I have something to learn, and if I learn it, I can grow. Uh, let me take you uh, back to the Deuteronomy. I was reading you uh, Deuteronomy, the story about the Hebrews, and I was, I, I, was, I was explaining some things out of Exodus, and it's the same people, and the same people eventually get told something that I think is worth telling you. So you got to remember, a group of people who were slaves, they get out of it, they kind of put up the wall, say, I'm not sure, I don't, I, and they had troubles with God, and eventually their leader speaks to them. Same group of people, different time. Deuteronomy 6.12. Be careful. Oh, good words. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Don't forget. I'd like to bring up with you that you and I need to pay attention to what we're trying to forget. And I'm telling you, God did good things in 2020. He may have used opposition, problems, pain, bad news. Yeah. I know some of you had things canceled that you were so looking forward to. I know some of you had to reschedule, replan, restructure. I know some of you had to have conversations that were extremely difficult with people you work with, with family members. I know some of you got the worst of the worst news. I know some of you are looking at life and it's full of fear. That's what you see. It's what you feel. It's what you even feel is verified by reports and studies and news. You're like, what do I do with this? We've got to find what God did. We've got to dig for it. Um, I've got to... I've got a behavior that I do. Um, I, I think I've mentioned this before. Uh, let me be pretty open with this. This is something that's uh, always near me at the house. Um, it's just a notebook. Um, if you open it up, I'm not going to let you read this, by the way. Uh, but I can show you in short form that you see some writing. It's, it's a five-year journal where each year I just write a little bit. And you can see even when I started it. Uh, and, I, and I write, what I do is I write conversations to God, sentences to God. Here's what went on today, or here's what I hope goes on today. God help me with, or he, sometimes I list you by name if I know that you're wrestling with something, and I, and I put it in here. And, uh, you know, the, the day of, when I do this the day of, i got to be frank with you, it's not always the most moving thing when I write down here, here. What's moving to me is, when I've had it long enough that I write down something, I look, oh, what did I write on the same day last year? And when I look at, when I, when I take a time, I write, I write what I wrote, you know, today, and, but then I look at what I write last year, I look at, oh my goodness, that happened on this day last year? Some of you, this is why you like uh, Facebook memories and stuff like that. You're like, oh my goodness, that was five years ago or seven years ago, and whoa. But what grips me, and what I'm ashamed to tell you, is how much I forget what God does in my own life. Because the bad usually overshadows the good. And many of the problems that I've written around and talked about, like in this notebook, I've seen God do and change things in powerful ways. I've seen him heal people. I've seen him intervene. I've written times where there were very dark days of this happened, and then a year later going, wow, that happened. But after that, God began to do things. I'm telling you, you and I are not great at documenting what God has done. We're great at documenting and remembering when he doesn't do what he wants him to have done. So what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What's, I'm going to give you an assignment. Come on, I'm, I, 
I'm in a classroom, right? A classroom feel, right? Like, why is he in a classroom? Well, because the right answer to my question at the beginning is we should learn from this. We should look at 2020 and learn. So in this classroom, welcome to my classroom, by the way. You can call me Mr. Canan. Uh, I, wa I want to talk to you about uh, an article that leads to something pretty profound that then leads to something you and I, I'm going to ask you to do it. So prepare yourself to be asked to do something. An article uh, went out and asked people a question and said, all right, um, we would like for you to sum up your, your life uh, in six words. Yeah, they, they sent it out and said, hey, would anyone be willing to sum up your life in six words? What they were using was uh, inspiration of Ernest Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway one time was asked, would you write a story? I mean, come on, gifted writer, come on. And they asked them, would you write a story and she said, sure, uh, you have six words to write it. Six words, to write a whole story? He did, I'm about to read it to you, and I'm gonna, just disclaimer, it will grab your heart. Here's the six words that he wrote. For sale, baby shoes, never worn. For sale, baby shoes, never worn. I mean, every time I, I read that, it almost brings me to tears. Some of you might even right now be in tears. Six words, so powerful. Well, this, this group asked in this article for people to submit their, their stories in you know, six words. Some of them were, and, and this is heavy, I'm just warning you, heavy. Uh, Cursed with cancer, blessed with friends. That was written by a nine-year-old boy. Uh, one said, uh, the psychic said, I'd be richer. Uh, here, another thought I would have more impact. So here's my assignment. What is your six-word story for 2020? What's your six-word story for 2020? Uh, if you have one of these, I would suggest you go study and look and find it out. Some of you, it'll be just a mixture of different words. Some of you, it'll be a complete sentence. But if you don't wanna run from 2020, if you wanna learn from it, you're like, how do I do this? How do I not be the Hebrews, the Israelites who, who are, no, 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 we're not listening to God anymore. How do I not be that person? Well, I'd give you guidance. Write a six word story about something God did in 2020, something good that happened in 2020. And, and here, uh, if you're with some people, I hope you're with someone, maybe, uh, would you guys be willing to share it with each other? Like, I just, if you've, if you just, if you're, I know, I don't know if maybe you hate your family that you're with, you're with friends or you're with coworkers watching this or whatever. Uh, if, you're, if you're just online by yourself and, and you'd be willing to maybe even type it in the comment section or, or if you'd be willing, I think it'd be good and healthy for you to share your six word story about 2020, and then use that in 2021 and invite God to be a part of your story. I think that's how we engage this year. We learn from the previous year so we can live in the new year as God designed. Now, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, uh, with, uh, with great humility, Lord, that I, I think we all have something to learn, frankly. I just want to say it. I think every one of us 
doesn't know all that we need to know. And Lord, I believe you want us to learn some things. And so, Lord, would you teach it to us? As we form our six-word stories that describe 2020, Lord, would you, would you help us with that so that we can learn from it and live the life that you've designed? I pray for every single person willing to do this, every single one of us who are listening, Lord, would you work in us so that 2021 can be a year that is all about you as we serve you and love you. God, thanks for meeting us in this moment. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.